Um, If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, so while you're looking that up, if uh, you're new and I didn't get to say hi, my name's Brad, and I'm the pastor, and uh, if I didn't meet you after church, Laura and I'd be back uh, by the front doors, please come by and say hi. If you brought somebody with you, bring them back so I can meet them, or if you just, if you're a regular and you just need my ear for something, hey, come find me. Uh, We'll stay as long as we need to stay. Uh, We're in this series called Ignite. This is our... Uh, series for the Lent season. So if you're brand new to church, uh, Lent is the 40 days of preparation until Easter. So those of us who are followers of Jesus, it's a time of prayer, it's a time of fasting, and just looking and anticipating the greatest day in human history, the resurrection of our Lord, our Savior, our forgiver, Jesus. So we just get ready for that. Hey, I want to encourage you to, uh, Wednesday night, we are going to have this auditorium open from 6 to 7 for open prayer. So if you're on your way home from work or you're dropping your kids off for youth, I just encourage you to come in for a couple minutes. You can pray alone. Uh, You can pray with your family or your core group, whatever. Uh, If you need prayer for healing, I mean, I'm talking about deliverance, a physical deliverance, a mental deliverance or a spiritual deliverance, Laura and I are going to be here we would be more than honored to anoint you and believe in faith for your healing. And I believe God wants to release some healing in this place. So this Wednesday night, 6 to 7, I hope you'll be here. So this series called Ignite, it's all about igniting your faith. Um, And we're looking at the early church. So if you're new to church, um, the book of Acts is where we find the account of the birth of, of the church and how it all got started. And we see these eight practices in the early church. So those of us who are followers of Jesus, if you wonder, what am I supposed to be doing? There's eight things that will ignite your faith and eight things that will keep you on the right track. We talked about daily devotions. We talked about Sunday worship. It's time change Sunday and you're still in the house of God. High five somebody around you. Say, I made it to church. I made it to church. And we talked about continual surrender and talked about sharing Christ. Last week we talked about persistent prayer. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about godly relationships, specifically how godly relationships are for life's hardships. So Acts chapter 16, verse 22 is where we're going to be. Uh, let me give you a little background if you're really unfamiliar with the scriptures. I love this. This week, uh, we're reading through the book of Acts as a church. We're going to be reading this passage this week. So there's this guy named Paul. He's starting churches all around the world. He ends up in this place called Philippi. It's where we get this letter to the Philippians that you see in your Bible. And so he's sharing the gospel, and there's this uh, girl that keeps following him and pestering him. And But it turns out she's demon-possessed, and she's held as a slave, and, and she's a fortune teller, and her masters are making money off of her and abusing her and taking advantage of her. But she is kind of pestering Paul, and I'd love to tell you Paul had this holy moment where he cast the demon out. He's just ticked. He's just mad. He's like, I'm sick of you following me. Turns around to this girl and says, in the name of Jesus, come out. Demon comes out. The slave owners, the masters over this young girl are ticked because their money-making machine ain't there no more. This girl has been set free, and so uh, they drag Paul and Silas before the city leaders, and we pick it up in verse 22. Verse 22, and I read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're following along on a Bible app, that's where I am. It says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. 
They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Thanks be to God for the good old hymns. The good hymns. No? No? Okay. Anybody remember singing hymns? Did you grow, anybody grow up in church or have a grandma that dragged you to church and they sang, you know, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Anybody know that one? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. You got it. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Yes, spirit, washed in his blood. And you know what I loved about that song was the big part where it would say, choir, do you know this one? This is my story. This is my song. Come on, sing it like you mean it. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Is that your story? This is my song. Come on. Praising my Savior all the day long. I see people over here getting teary-eyed. They're like, oh, man. Good job, choir. Too many under 20 in that choir. They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, you know it would have been better if we had an 80-year-old woman on the, on the organ over there. That would have been, you'll pass, Stan. You, you, you're close. You're close. We need robes. We need robes on the choir. Y'all remember that? All right. Okay. Let's get back to the story, though. There's a story here. Here's the cool thing. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. You know, last week I talked about how the earth was shaken and, and, and how God wants to shake you to the foundation of who you are. He doesn't want to just stir you up. I mean, it's better shaken than stirred. Come on, somebody. And, and, and he wants to shake some people today. I'm telling you, he's going to shake some people today. Some chains are going to fall off. Some people today. Some of y'all don't even know it yet. You're like, what's he talking about? I'm just telling you, you're going to find me after service and you go, Dang straight, I had no idea those chains are gone. In Jesus' name. All the doors immediately flew open. Chains fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors were wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he's going to kill himself. But Paul said, hey, 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 on, don't kill yourself. We're here. The jailer called for the lights. He ran to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and then he brought them, and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And if you're, if you're new to church and, and, and you're not a follower of Jesus, that may be the very question you're asking today. Like, you hear us, and we're having fun. We're singing a song like that. But you're like, man, I'm, this is something. Something's going I want in on this. I don't know what's happening with all these people, but, but I want in on this, okay? How, 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 how do I become one of these followers of Jesus? Here it is. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Believe. That's it. Just believe in Jesus. And then it says, along with everyone in your household, and they shared the word of the Lord with him, and all who were in the household, and all in the household were saved. How awesome is that? That Salvation isn't just for you, but it's for your mom, it's for your dad, your brother, your sister, for your kids. It's a generational thing. Father, in this moment, we are so grateful for your spirit that is here today and that you are inhabiting all the believers today and you're stirring us up. No, you're shaking us up, God. You're shaking us today. So in this moment, we just ask for you to speak to us. We just want to 
just forget about all the stuff of the day and all our tiredness from the time change. And church, I'd ask that you pray for me. I'd be faithful to the text that uh, the Spirit of God would truly speak. And and then if you're a follower of Jesus, let's pray for those who don't know Jesus. Because if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you today. He's going to radically alter your destiny. That's what we believe today in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. All right, you can, you can be seated. Anybody remember your, uh, your childhood best friend? Show of hands. Show of hands. You, you had a, yeah, we, man, that's, that's some of the... I, I have some, some great, great memories of my childhood best friends. Now, as a kid, I moved a lot, like not just city to city, but state to state. How many of you born and raised right here in Tulsa, Broken Arrow area? Anybody? Wow, a lot of you. Okay, man, that's awesome. But I, I lived all over. So when I was in elementary school, I lived in this uh, city called Visalia, California. It's in central California. And uh, my best friends in my elementary years were Scott May and Carl Denger. And they were my church friends, and I saw them all the time. Because back in the day, you were at church all the time. I mean, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We were there really, really early. We stayed really, really late. Some of y'all testify to that. You remember that? Like your parents were the ones that were all in. They were all involved. The Snelling, you girls, you know that. You're like, man, I, you love, you, read my mail, Brad. Yeah, you read my mail. My parents are here all, they're here all the time. And you got to be here all the, welcome to my childhood, okay? That was my childhood. And, uh, but we would get bored because after church, they would stay forever, and so we would go out, and we would get in our parents' car, and we'd mess around on the CB radio. Everybody remember CB? Some of y'all, yeah, okay, some of y'all, is that an app? Is that an app? I don't have that app, CB. Don't, don't, don't look it up. It ain't in the app store, okay? Uh, time out. Uh, uh, so uh, 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 a CB radio, it, you could talk to people on a microphone. It would be like a five-mile radius. You're looking at me like, man, that is cutting-edge technology. Yeah. And so we get on there. And we start talking to the truckers. We're seven and eight years old, and the truckers are getting mad. And, and then we go, and we get in each of our parents' cars, and then we start talking to each other. Broker one, nine, broker. Hey, buddy, you got And we had crazy names. Also. And the truckers, they'd, get, they'd start, get off that radio, you. And they would say certain words uh, for us to go. I loved it. So after elementary school, in my, in my junior high years, we moved to Los Angeles, California. And in Los Angeles, California, I met one of my uh, best friends in life, Steve Kahow. And Steve, uh, in fact, Steve, we were best men in, our ch in each other's wedding, and, and, and we used to ride BMX bikes and skateboards all over the L.A. area. And in fact, uh, in, our, in our neighborhood, we had this empty lot, and we took this empty lot, and we built this BMX track that we used to ride in, and we built ramps and all kinds of stuff. And I remember we built this one huge ramp, and we dug it out so that when it rained, it would, it would fill up. And so my buddy Steve one time, he was riding down the hill, getting up some speed, and he was approaching the ramp, and I was like, oh, I don't think he has enough speed. I don't think he has enough speed. And he hit this ramp. He did not have enough speed. He made it over the water, but he hit the edge of the ramp, which split him in, in two. Yeah, and uh, Steve has still not had children to this day. Uh, messed him up. So then we moved from Los Angeles, California. I'm telling you, we moved a lot. We moved to uh, a rural town, small town in Missouri. Uh, this is, uh, and then I started my high school years, and I met one of my best friends there, Greg Thomas. 
This is in the 80s, so I'm dating myself, but in the 80s. And, and in the 80s, he had, a, he had a 67 Camaro. It was decked out. I mean, it had a Craco stereo system in it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Only the old people get that one. <laughs> you weren't living very good with a Craco. Um, and and we, would, we would pull up to school, four on the floor, Deaf leopard cranking in the speakers. I'm not blessed assurance. It was photographed. I mean, that was why. Great memories. Don't you have great memories from your childhood? I mean, I really do. I, I really treasure those memories. But, but really, the, the, the memories that I treasure the most are, are from my, my friends that have been with me through some of the hardest and most difficult seasons of my life. Those are the, those are the real friends that I truly treasure. Uh, well, Laura and I first got married, and, and we didn't have any money, and we were, I mean, we were, this is how broke we were. We lived in a barn that had been converted into an apartment, all right? Some of y'all looking at me like, isn't that, I saw that on Pinterest, isn't that amazing? Wow, tell me more. No, I mean a barn, chickens, goats, and pigs right outside. You're still not getting it, are you? You're like, is it organic? No! Best friends, Barney and Jennifer Foltz and, and Randy and Willette Arthur. And we'd get together and we'd just laugh together and we would pray together and encourage one another. Fast forward a few years, we moved from uh, where we were at to Tulsa and, and I lost my job. And I had unsteady employment for about two years, the hardest, probably the hardest time uh, for Laura and I and our, and our family. And I was in a Sunday school class back in the day, I had this thing called Sunday school. And uh, we were newly married and a few years in, and, and we met a group of people, and there's some guys there that became really good friends, and we would, uh, a few of them, we'd get together on Monday nights, and we'd watch Monday night football together. And then at halftime, I remember this, at halftime, we would, we would gather together in a, in a circle, and we'd share some scripture and what we'd been reading in the Word, and, and, I, and I just remember these guys just praying over me and, and encouraging me. And, it just, and, and knowing that the next day I'm going to try to get back out there, i got to send another resume and face defeat again, and they were just there for me. Fast forward, and now even in my life today, I have a group of pastor friends. Many of you met them at Core Community last year. We do life together, and we've walked through some very, very tragic times together. They've walked through some tragedy with me. I've walked through tragedy with them. I like what Eugene Peterson says in the message translation in Ecclesiastes 4.12. He says this, by yourself, you're unprotected. By yourself, you're unprotected. But with a friend, you can face the worst. You can face the worst. Come on, tell three people right now. I just want you to say to them, I don't want you to say, hey, you got this. I want us to say it like we're collectively together. Say, we got this. Come on, tell three people right now, we got this. We got this, okay? So here's what I want you to write down, because here's where I want to go for the next few minutes, okay? So write this down, because this is so critical to, to where we're headed. Godly friendships will help get me through life's hardships. Godly friendships will help me get through life's hardships. Acts chapter 16. We see this powerful example of friendship and walking together. Remember, Paul and Silas Everything's going great, sharing the gospel, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everything goes south. And, and then, we, then we see that this mob, is, mob has been formed, and, and, and they, they're uh, dragged through the city, and then they're, they're 
beaten. Now, now, to get it into context, you can see what's happening here. They are dragged and they are stripped naked. Stripped naked, tied to poles in the midst of the streets. And they took wooden rods and began to beat them unmercilessly on the back until their back was bloody, bruised, and tore open. And then they took them and they, they hauled them into to the prison, but this wasn't like a prison like we know it where you got, you know, uh, concrete blocks, a little bunk, and a little toilet off to the side. No. They were, they were taken into the inner dungeon, down these steps well below the earth and where it was dark and it was damp and it was musty, and here's Paul and Silas, and as they're making their way down these steps, there's the, there's the smell of urine and feces, and, and then they have to sit on the ground, and when they sit on the ground, what they would do with the stalks is they would put their feet, only their feet in the stalks, and because they put only their feet in the stalks, they, they couldn't sit up because of the way they were made, and they had to lay down, lay down on that dark and musty ground with their backs bloody, beaten, and tore open. Hey, so how was your week? <laughs> well, they ran out of soy milk at Starbucks. I was ticked. <laughs> I ordered a soy latte. How am I supposed to have a soy latte without soy milk? Oh, oh, I got, I got the manager, and I'm firing off an email to, to corporate. This is not going to happen to me again. Whew, barely made it through my day. <laughs> now, the, 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 the truth is is, is, is we will probably... Never, never face the, the kind of brutality that, that Paul and Silas faced. But, but we will all face uh, difficult days. We'll all face hardships. We'll all face struggles. We'll even suffer great setbacks and, and heartache. We'll face things like cancer. We'll face job loss, depression, abuse, uh, addiction, bankruptcy, and this just goes on and on and on. And in moments like these, it really does feel like you have been beaten. Those of you who face things like that, you know. It is just like somebody has just opened up your back. That you've been thrown in a prison you can't get out of. And it can be really, really dark in times like that. You know, sometimes we, we put ourselves in, in that situation uh, because of our poor choices. That's very true. But many times uh, we're facing a circumstance or a situation that's kind of like Paul and, and Silas. It's really... Um, it's really no fault of our own. Like when we think of Paul, uh, we think of Paul as, as this spiritual giant. I mean, and, and I think honestly we should. I mean, he's an amazing man. And we think of this guy that, you know, just took on the world by himself. And he sailed across the seas and started churches all around the world and, and wrote this, the amazing letters that we have now here in our, our New Testament. But, but what we have to understand is Paul never traveled alone. 
And Paul traveled never one time. He either had Barnabas with him, he had John Mark with him at a time, Timothy, uh, the guy who wrote this account, his name is Luke, and he's now traveling with him right now. And then right here in this letter, we see that he is traveling with Silas. I think the modern equivalent of Paul would be Billy Graham. Man, what a loss for an amazing man of God. I have uh, patterned a lot of my ministry after Billy Graham's. I admire him that much. I've read several books of his and several accounts of his life. And the one thing we see in Billy Graham is this man who stood on these platforms and you see him alone and and thousands in these stadiums. And, And we know that thousands upon thousands, if not millions, have come to faith because Billy Graham made such great sacrifices. But what we forget and we don't know maybe and what you have never heard of are the men who walked with Billy for decades For decades, the friends that he had that had thriving ministries laid down their ministries, came alongside Billy Graham and said, I'll be a nobody. And they partnered with Billy. See, I think what Billy Graham and and, and Paul each understand that we have to understand is that it's godly friendships that will help us to get through life's hardships. I I think what happens to us, though, is when we go through hardships, many times uh, we isolate ourselves. We pull back from everybody. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, the horror flick genre. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just don't, you know, get into, oh, another head chopped off. Awesome. Hey, I feel real good now. Yay. Is this a romantic comedy? I don't know what I'm watching. Okay, so we have some horror. Look at, some of y'all look at me like, do not, that's my genre. Don't pick on it. Sorry, okay, uh, but, uh, but when you watch these movies, and I haven't seen a lot of them, so, but, when, but they're all pretty much the same storyline, are, are they not, you know? It's dark, it's rainy, it's a group of people, they're typically in a, in a house together, and then the power goes out. And when the power goes out, there's always this one guy, we'll call him um, Idiot, okay? Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's just like, hey, all right, uh, you guys, uh, you guys stay here. I'm gonna go check it out. All right. <laughs> like, no. And he steps out, and you're like, no, 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 no. For the love of all that is good, please don't. And he walks out, and everything's okay. And then you hear the, the music, because then you know when it, you know, it's like. Whoa, whoa. I think that's Star Trek. <laughs> I don't watch these movies, okay? So, um, and, and, then, and then, oh, you know, he about to get dead. That's all you know in that moment. He's about to, to die. See, the enemy, the enemy loves isolation because he loves to, to trap you. And, and then he loves to beat you down. And, and the way that he does it so mercilessly is he, he likes to play with your brain. He likes to play with your mind. He, he likes to make you think that you're all alone. No, nobody's ever faced what, what you faced. No, and, and nobody knows, nobody, and frankly, nobody cares about you. Nobody cares what you're going through. Do you not hear their comments? They're not really paying attention. And he has this way of making us feel like we're, we're all alone. And he's he can make you feel like you're the only dad whose kid is just jacked up. He can make you feel like you're the only mom whose kid won't sleep through the night and will never, ever be potty trained. And because of that, he will tell you, 
you're a terrible mom. You're a terrible mom. Man, and people, people, if they really knew you, man, you're a horrible mom. Man, he'll tell you, you know what, yeah, he just loves to play these games on us that, you know, you know what, yeah, you, you know, there's other people that have been down and struggled, but nobody, nobody's dealt with depression like they're not on the meds that you're on. Nobody's ever been on those meds. You know, he'll tell the addict, the addict who has conquered addiction and then fallen again and then conquered addiction and fallen again and conquered addiction. Fallen again, you're the only one, man. You're the only one ever going to get it. Get it. You're never going to. Nobody cares and nobody understands. But here's what I want you to know. Listen, Paul wasn't alone. He had someone there with him that was going through the same thing. And listen, what happens in these seats even right now? You can be thinking, man, but nobody here in this church, nobody here has got problems. (laughs) Wow. Why do you think we're here? Because we got problems. This is just a giant therapy session. That's what this is right now. Yeah. Come on, turn to somebody and say, hey, welcome to therapy. Welcome to therapy. Welcome. Welcome to therapy. Yeah, none of us here, nobody here is perfect. Listen, you are not alone in your struggle. Come on, tell somebody right now you're not alone. Come on, encourage three people. You're not alone. You are not alone. You're not alone. Man, there are people here who have battled cancer. There are people here who have battled addictions. There are people here who have been through a divorce. There's people who have been through a bankruptcy. There's people who have had their kids go south and never figure out how to bring them back. I mean, we are all in this together. And what you've got to do is you've got to get up and move out of isolation and into community. You need to be surrounded with the people of God. That's who you need speaking into your life. Man, that voice you hear that tells you you're a jacked up and terrible mom, that, that voice that tells you you're never going to graduate, everybody else is smarter than you, why are you chasing that dream? You're just dumb. That is not the voice of God. When you hear the voice telling you to quit, to give up, you listen, not only do you just say, get away from me, devil, that's cool, that's great, but you got to get up and you got to move because you're in isolation. Listen, this is why we got to move from rows to relationships. These rows are great. I love that we get, I love this gathering here, okay? But this isn't really friendship, okay? I mean, I can't even get some of you to turn to three people. You're like, I ain't doing it. I'm just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't even get you to do that. Some of y'all, we need to get out of our seats. We need to get on a core team. Man, some of my closest friends in life, okay, Brian and Mindy Darnell, some of the closest friends I have. Do you know how long we've been in friendship? Like 17 years. Do you know where I met them? Serving back in the kids' ministry. That's where I met them, okay? Some of you know that, where you've met your friends in, 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 in serving and coming along. Jeff and Penny Lestrade, where did I meet you? Serving, Serving together, helping to get a church up off the ground. That's how I met you. That's how you became my friends. That's, that's how you get to know people through serving and get, in a, get on a serving team. Or come to core community. Last Wednesday, we just, oh my goodness, I thought the lid was going to come off the place. 
Core community was amazing. And as you gather in circles with people in core community, it's the first Wednesday of every month, and people begin to pray over you, and you pray with them. Man, I mean, just something happens in the spirit. I mean, it's just electric. Some of y'all get this. You know what I'm talking about because you're in a core group. And you got those people. You're like, dude, I got them. I I'm already know. Man, I already know their names. I know their faces. I know. I gathered with a couple out in the, in the front room after the first service. Young lady's going to be going through some surgery, difficult, difficult surgery. And her core group came in and gathered around her and joined in that prayer. Because they understood that godly friendships will help you get through life's hardships. Look what it says here in, in verse 25. I love this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas, they were doing what? They were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. And it says, and then the other prisoners, they were listening so get, get the picture here, Paul, Paul and Silas. I mean, they're, 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 they've been beaten and they're scarred. They're, they're thrown down. They're in the dungeon. They're down below in the dungeon. It's damp. It's musty. It's dark. Their, their legs have been put in the, in, in the stocks, and, and they, they can't even sit up, so they're, they're laying down like this. What's up, Si? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Paul. You just had to do that, didn't you? Hey, man, my bad. I didn't know this was going to happen, man. Yeah, you, how are we going to get out of this? I don't know. You want to pray? That's a really good idea. Yeah, I probably ought to pray because I don't think anything else is going to happen. I, I just imagine they're just like laying there. And, and they just start praying, like praying the word. Like, you know, man, even, uh, even though I walk, uh, Silas, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We, we ain't going to fear evil because you, you ride, you, 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 you staff, they, 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 they comfort us. And then, and then, they, then they, they started singing, you know, and they're like, I'm no longer a slave. Fear. I am a child of God. That's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, you ought to join the choir, Paul. That was good. Yeah, just. <laughs> who are you chained to? I, I, who, who are you? Who are you doing life with? And are you are you are you are you are you laid laid out like that? In, in just the mess of it, with no hope, and it's all dark, but man, you got your friend. And here's what we got to be careful of, because sometimes the people you're chained to can become a ball and chain. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about your spouse. Don't be, don't be doing this to your spouse. He's talking about you. It's about time he preached about that. Yes. <laughs> Preach, preacher. You know, no. But some people can, can be like a, a, a ball and, and, and chain around us. James, the, the brother of Jesus in James chapter 3 um, you don't have to go there now, but write it down. You might want to talk about this in your groups tonight. James chapter 3, James talks about that words are powerful, and he, he gets very descriptive, and he says, like, words are, are like, uh, like the small bit in a horse's mouth. That small bit can turn the horse any way that he wants to turn it. He says that it's like the, the small rudder on a large ocean liner. That can, this small rudder can turn the course of that ship. He says it's like a spark that can set a forest on fire. Listen, our words are weighted. They have the power to lift up, but they also have the power to bury us. When, when I was in junior high and uh, we moved from Los Angeles, California to that rural community in Missouri, uh, I was in eighth grade. And I remember getting up that day to go to school and it's just a real impressionable time in your life. And you're thinking, 
all right, what am I going to wear? And I um, mean, you think Sunday morning is hard. You got to try being in eighth grade and going kind of any eighth graders here can say amen to that. And, and I was like, what am I going to wear? And I remember getting dressed and I remember putting on my Vans tennis shoes. And I went, I went to school that day and I was walking the halls. And I'll never forget when I was walking the halls, this guy passed me and I don't, I don't even remember who it was. But he looked down at my shoes and he said, hey, nice shoes. And then he used a derogatory comment that I can't even... I wouldn't even, I just don't want to say it. It's, it was just, it cut me deep. I remember that whole day just trying to hide my shoes. Didn't want anybody to see my shoes. And then I remember going home and, and I remember taking my, my vans off and, and putting them up in my closet on the shelf. And I didn't put another pair of vans on for almost 40 years. It wasn't until last year on my birthday that my kids went out and they got me this sweet pair of Vans. These are, I am rocking it now. Come on, somebody. I mean, words have the power to change a life. We should be careful the words that we are speaking. Sometimes the words of a boss or a friend or a parent or even a child to a parent can crush them and change their life. James says we gotta be careful with our words. That, listen, we need positive voices in our lives. Positive voices that, that, that speak the truth of God, that speak the hope of God, people that will support us, encourage us, people that will love us. I mean, most of us, we have hundreds of friends on social media. And they know about you, but they don't really know you. See, Paul and Silas, they, they knew each other because they did life together. They were on mission together. They, they were bonded together in Christ. This is what we need. We need people who are men and women of prayer, people of the word, people that will come to us, that will pray over us when we're having a difficulty, that will speak a promise, not just, hey, hope things get better, but will speak a promise of God. We need people in our lives that are godly, that are laser-focused and committed and all in for Jesus. That's what we need. But guess what? We also need to be that person. Are you a man of the word? Like, are you in the word? Like, do you know the word? Can you quote the word? When you go through it, here's how you know if you're in the word. Adversity strikes and out of nowhere, a scripture will come to your mind. That's how you know the word is planted in you. If you are in a hard time and you are in a struggle and you can't think of a single Bible verse, I'm betting money you haven't had your face buried in the word. Are you a man of the word? Are you a lady? Are you a lady of prayer? Like when your friends are going through a difficult time, is your first impression, I need to pray for them. Or it's just like, man, hope it gets better. Tell me what's going on. Or do you honestly go, man, boom, I need to be praying for that person. See, because this is what is happening, and what we've got to do is not just long for that person, but be that person. So many times in the church, we're taught to be like Jesus and not be self-centered, but we are so stinking self-centered. We come to church only for me. Well, nobody talked to me. Nobody is doing this for me. Well, nobody prayed for me. Well, nobody's helping me. No, you got to turn that. and You got to look at people. And you got to say, who can I help? Who needs a word from the Lord? Who can I pray for today? Be the person that you desire to be. 
Because, listen, you need to be a godly friend. Godly friendships will help us all get through life's hardships. And let me, let me tell you what happens when we come together. When we come together in godly friendships. It's not just for us. Come on, tell somebody right now, it ain't just for you. It ain't just for you. Turn to the person behind you, tell them, this ain't just for you. Listen, while Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing, it says this, the other prisoners were listening. They were, people are listening right now in this room are people who are far from Jesus and they're listening. They're listening. They're listening for hope. Listening for a chance at being healed. They're listening for a breath of peace and purpose in their life. See, these, these guys that were locked in, the, these guys are in the dungeon, okay? They're doing hard time. There is no chance they're ever getting free. They're in a dark, dark place, and they are without hope. See, you, you don't know the prison Somebody might be sitting in right next to you. And God can use your prayers and your praise to set somebody free from their prison. This is what God wants to do. This is why, this is why we pray together. When we pray, nobody should ever be alone in church. This is why we are always praying for one another. This is why prayer is so critical in our church. No, man, I love it that we sing praise and worship. Man, I am digging this choir. Anybody loving this choir? This choir is insane. I'm loving it, okay? I mean, I, I, sometimes I'm down there on that front row, and I see them getting their praise on, and I'm like, plus they clap, and they clap to the beat, and I'm like, I can do it for like one frame, and I'm like, then I'm way up, and I'm like, hey, I, okay, I'm following, I'm tracking, okay, I got, I got, but they're singing, they're singing from the heart, they're raising their hands, they're praising God, it is so encouraging to me that it causes me to press in, and look what happened in verse 26, it says this, suddenly, somebody shout out, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly there was a massive earthquake. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to sit, shake some chains off some people today. You are about to get set free today. Amen. You've been in bondage for way too long. And I don't care if you're a follower of Jesus for 10, 20, 30 years, or you do have no relationship with Jesus. Here in a few minutes, I'm promising you, your chains, you, Brad, really, yes, your chains are about to come off. Come on, tell somebody next to you, your chains are about to come off. Your chains are about to come off. Suddenly, and all the doors immediately flew open, and, 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 and the chains of every prisoner fell off. See, Paul and Silas weren't the only ones who got set free. The prisoners got set free. The jailer who put them in the inner dungeon, he got saved, and his family got saved. That's the power of God in our lives. This is what he, he wants to do. See, the, the enemy wants to imprison you in your pain. But God came to set you free from your pain, to redeem that pain, to help others. I believe with all of my heart, God can redeem abuse. Some of you have suffered horrific abuse in your life, physical, sexual, from where you were a child or whether you were an adult. 
and you're wearing these chains and you're, you're locked in this dungeon and it is dark and you would have said, there's no way out. Listen, I'm telling you, it ain't just Paul and Silas. It's Pastor Brad coming to tell you that God wants to shake your chains off today and set you free. Man, our God, he can redeem addiction. He can redeem divorce. He can redeem bankruptcy. This is, this is our God. This is what he wants to do. How do I know this? Because that's the story sitting in these seats. All of you, a prison that you were in, and God set you free. A God, in his mercy and his grace, he sent Jesus, whose back was bloody, bruised, and broken, hung on a cross, and died. And through mercy, man, the chains just fell off. And praise be to God for godly friendships who helped pick you up and helped you to walk out of that prison so that you could be free.